Welcome to the Psychoactive and Theogens podcast. With me, as always, is Grant Lane and our guest today, Clifton. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Yeah, well, thank you for having us on. Um, so, Clifton, tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing here. Clifton is a mycologist. Let me throw that out there. He's been working with mushrooms um, and fungi for how, how many? Two decades. And lots of high-level industry and has really made a huge impact in the entheogens. So, very excited to have him with us. Um, Clifton, if you'd like to give us a little bit of background, hailing from Wairika and the uh, spiral capital of the world, and uh, in more details about how it plays in mycology, but Clifton, give us a little background on where you ha- hail from and mycology game. Well, I was born in Wairika, uh, grew up around Mount Shasta, and I was fortunate enough to meet one of the fathers of mycology, Troy Donahue, and um, apprentice under him for two years. You know, it gets a little blurry, but... Uh, he got me into the Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management Mycological Surveys. And that was kind of my introduction to mycology. That's a pretty high-level introduction. Um, you definitely came out of the gates with a bang. Um, you were def- you're head of the mycology department at the state of Oregon. And really, Eric, can you give us a little, tell us a little bit about the Mount Shasta area and, and how it relates to mycology and kind of with the wind and, um, from that, that location as far as mushrooms and fungi go? Well, I was fortunate enough to um, be integrated into this survey uh, for endangered species, um, the surveys for endangered species. And uh, when it came down to it, there was uh, all the high-level endangered species of mushrooms are on Mount Shasta. And that's where the uh, you were telling me a little bit about the logging industry and you were surveying for... Um, for the logging industry or for the endangered, basically for the forestry service because loggers wanted to come in, right? And you were hunting for rare species of mushrooms? So um, there was a lawsuit. Um, Bill Clinton, the president at the time, um, put together a survey uh, uh a very long story but um at the time we have allotted that uh there was a survey um it's a plot it was in two log at the time of reference um there was it was mandatory due to it's called the Northwest Ecosystem Lawsuit. 
So based upon Bill Clinton's um, analysis of the environmental systems, um, we, the, we, it was mandated to study for endangered species before anything was logged and to decimate like uh, ecosystem, which it, there's so much microclimates that are, 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 I mean, the scale and scope of that is, is, is hard to comprehend. So back on that, I know that you had compared different regions and show, and told me how how many more species uh, per square acre or mile uh, exist in that region relative to other places. So there's 181 different uh, endangered species of mushrooms, which was the scope of which we were evaluating, and. Um, Based upon that evaluation and the information we got, Mount Shasta has like 80%, I mean, 70, 80% of the endangered species were um, identified on Mount Shasta. Well, and are those yeah. all? Not all of those are psychedelic mushrooms, right? I mean, you no, can not at all, all not by any means. Were any of them like no rare species? Like a mile within the coast, you've got to, psychedelic mushrooms all res, resonate within a mile from the coast. So we're talking about endangered species of mushrooms. I found uh, Brigiporus nobilissimus, for example that only 12 specimens have ever been found as the most rapidly composting mushroom that exists. So, I mean, one of the things I would really like to talk about is uh, a delivery systems for biological, um, for human beings. But when you talk about um, composting mushrooms for uh, rejuvenation of the ecosystems, uh, the natural forests, the, the systems that exist like uh, composting mushrooms are very much a crucial point of that. So when you talk about maybe just lean towards skipping subjects because I know that you guys are talking about endogens. So um, yeah. my background initially is working with identifying um, compost uh, uh, endangered species of mushrooms. Which can so, be used for an array of things, right? I mean, vitamin, like health benefits, nutritional. But entheogenically speaking, um, I mean, my background is in um, identifying endangered species of mushrooms. That's what my background is. So then going from there into entheogenic mushrooms, which is connecting uh, basically I guess my passion is to connect um, 
um, with the environment, people through mushrooms. So connecting people through mushrooms is rehabilitating the environment. That's where I started out. Then where I went to was uh, an entheogenic um, psychedelic 5-HTP protein aspect of connecting people. Like, how do you connect people to the environment? Okay, you explain to them that there's these endangered species of mushrooms. We need to not destroy their habitat. Right. very, very important. But when you get down to the brass tacks, um, people on their day-to-day basis are not, are not, um, connecting rel- it's not relevant to their everyday life so unless they want to order some mushrooms on their steak or something they could care less or even exactly even know that there are endangered species of mushrooms and that mushrooms actually will be soil conditioners and some of the untapped you know we have people crawling through the amazon jungles looking for medicine from new plant species um but we have and we have mushrooms that are there's more species of mushrooms than i believe plants is that correct yes there are more species of mushrooms than any entity on the planet right so Um, so we have to think that they're there for a reason beetles and scarabs are actually the competing with mushrooms, but mushrooms have them beat by far. Yeah, it's pretty wild that there's something so prevalent on Earth and that it's not really being looked at or used as um, a substitute for certain food. Um, like you were telling me earlier, like meats um, or vitamins, nutrition, um, and medicine. You know, and for mental health, physical, um, I know that uh, one of the, I think it's a McKenna brother. Uh, he's Dennis McKenna. He's he sells his. Um, it's like lion's mane mixed with, like basically taking legal mushrooms that still are regenerative to your neurons and your brain cells. And um, lion's mane is one of the only known substances that regenerates dead brain cells so and they and it doesn't have to be psychedelic mushrooms right is it just psilocybin that's doing that do you you know is a phenomenal regenerator of dead brain cells as well um but for example i fed my grandfather my probiotic beverage complemented with lion's mane and his Alzheimer's re um, he had severe regress basically got better yes we used to play chess and he used to kick my he used to show uh, how do I say this he used to kick my ass in chess and then Alzheimer's kicked in and he was just throwing the chess pieces off the board I got him the probiotic formulation sprouted green nutrients with lion's mane 
and he came back with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, it makes people excited to hear. I know a lot of our listeners get uh, super excited, and some some of them think like, well, if there is something out there that would really help with some of these non curable diseases says the the, the doctors of uh, the AMA basically like why wouldn't they be telling us about this um, you know why aren't these mushrooms if some of them are legal and non-psychoactive and they still can be useful in mental health or some of these degenerative diseases um, you know why wouldn't they be used? Um, and and I think you answer it with there's not enough research. You know, you got to have guys like you out in the forest. I want to comment on right? that, too, because a really important point is that, you know, even though about different medicinal schools, only recently with some of our technology, have we been able to figure out ex- like that it to, to that degree that it does. I think um, an experience um, Clifton had, which I think is an extremely powerful experience to share with everyone, and and Clifton experienced the maps and, and kind of the funding of that study. And I would love to, for you to kind of speak to that because, you know, through Clifton and all these people, to these new places and getting this knowledge that we're now being able to share. Um, so Clifton, maybe if you can kind of talk about that experience, I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, um, I read, I mean, I'm an avid book reader, so always got a book in my hand. I've got five books I'm double backing on all the time. And so I met the president of MAPS and... Who, Rick? The Rick Dublin? Dublin. Dublin, Yeah. So I happened to um, be at this festival and I donated a thousand dollars to the maps and they were asking for donations. So I gave them a thousand bucks and uh, they were kind of astonished by that. And I was really taken back by that. And um, Rick Doblin came out of the tent the by the booth and was like, wow what 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 is your interest in donating a thousand dollars to the maps program i was like and i thought about it i was like that's a really good question i was like you know what do you know about five hcb proteins let alone four molecule five molecule because i'd read all the studies in this at the other i've been following maps since i i got like the second issue and subscribed to them like right out the gate and yes. so he was uh, it was a very interesting experience because he was taken back and i was like okay what do you know about five hb proteins and the blood-to-brain barrier. Psilocybin, DMT, ayahuasca, all converts into a four-molecule 5-HB protein. There's nice. the five-molecule, and there's the four-molecule. The five-molecule is common. It only There's three different environments in which 5-HB uh feeds as a protein feeds the body 
So a five molecule only works in intestinal tract. So you have four, three different environments. You have the intestinal tract, you have the blood circulatory system, and you have the blood to brain uh, environment, the brain. And so to cross the blood to brain barrier, you have to have a tryptamine, a four molecule 5-HG2A protein, actually. And to cross the blood-to-brain barrier and to fuel a system that exists within the human body, you have to have DMT, ayahuasca, or psilocybin. Well, psilocybin or LSD is also one of them. But to actually um, affect with a longevity, it has to be psilocybin. So now we're just cutting through the chase. When you say it has to be psilocybin, you mean psilocybin, it, it has to be psilocybin to, what, what do you mean by that exactly? To cross the blood to brain barrier, with a vibration, with a protein, you're talking about delivering a protein. What we're, what we're talking about is delivering a protein that fuels the brain. That just turns out to be psilocybin is the one and only. It's the holy grail. It's the 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 end all the beat all basically like that's that's your brain's all natural vitamin like you know, it's it's booster it's protein that basically will cause the regenerative properties of refiring dead neurons thing about it is is that it's a protein that your body your brain once you get across the blood to brain barrier with this protein your body then has fuel and it converts it into an aspect at which um, it produces serotonin, melatonin, dopamine, whatever is needed to balance out the system. It literally turns on a system within your body that is lying dormant because it has no fuel. Right. Yeah, I was telling a family member about that. It's like, you know that so many people are sick because our our brains, our bodies, we've evolved as human beings to intake cannabis, psilocybin, mushrooms, um, different chemicals that have been stripped away from society because I believe lawmakers and people in power don't want us to have expanded thought processes and, and think outside the box. They want to all this snake oil till 1909. If I remember this correctly, 1909 snake oil was outlawed, but there were snake oil salesmen rolling around with psilocybin and cannabis extracts and opium and Coca-Cola was invented I mean, there's such a rich history about apothecaries 
apothecary is like the standardization of snake oil salesmen like you know you had your local witch doctor you had your local snake oil salesman you know they started uh modernizing that and it became an apothecary a soda fountain i mean there's such a, a rich history that revolves around the transition from natural medicines that kept us all like kept us healthy i believe and not not having a like one in five with cancer and right it's a food group right we lost a food group right around the 1900 1909 we lost our food groups and then right. in 1970, they became decriminalized right. and outlawed. And we've been starving. And our culture is, 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 is the, the human, I mean, I, I have a loss for words for how I feel about it. Right. And I think that's why it's called the psychedelic renaissance, because we were on track. We've talked about it in many episodes that like we were on track decades ago. Um, and even before that it mainstream, like you said, back with these snake oil salesmen that actually they look when you say it like that, witch doctor, snake oil salesman, it's like that, that gives you that bad taste in your mouth, a stereotype. But really, it's the same thing that we're trying to do now is like enlighten people, educate people on all natural medications um, that you don't call a medication because your government has told you that they're a drug and drugs are bad, but um, you can't get any more natural than like weeds and mushrooms growing out of the earth that probably have the better um and most profound impact on your physical, mental, spiritual uh, state of mind, body, soul, right? Nature is the best chemist. So once you got into out or basically, you know, you started getting into the psychedelic area of mushrooms, or are you still working with cultivation of um, legal mushrooms like basically any type of fungi fruiting body um like what are you where is it where is your uh, forestry and your mycology path led you to today uh, working in this industry or or your uh, passions with it today for the last 20 years i've been developing a probiotic beverage that is a delivery system it's very important for people to understand i mean for the aspect of like there's no magic bullets like you can study science is the study of one aspect but how is it applied and that's a delivery system so not you can you can study one thing but it's only as effective as the the your the outcome basically like availability to that thing 
Right. And the outcome, right? The, the sustaining effects. I mean, we don't, we eventually, we're trying to find something that we don't have to depend on um, as an everyday, you know, there, if we're looking for that end all be all cure all type of medication or substance, um, we eventually wouldn't have to consume it every day or become dependent on it. Right. I mean, it, it's something that once you can integrate your experiences, I mean, some of these legal mushrooms though, I mean, I'm sure that you can tell us about how your body is changing with some of the non psychedelic mushrooms that I'm starting to see hit the market in different products, services, um well um for example um you have lion's mane and it is regenerating your neural pathways it's decalcifying your uh, synapses and softening them up to create i mean it's amazing to age is to have calcification and to an old dog doesn't learn new tricks well with lion's mane um you could soften that up and you can become uh more have more neuroplasticity that allows you to um not age gracefully actually re uh, uh, regenerate your neural network, which is the um, the it's the fountain of youth, I right? Mean, and and your mind is, I, I believe, in the manifestation of like you are what you think, um, exactly. And if, if you can become more in a child state of mind, if you, um, I mean, when I used to. When I used to microdose, people didn't know, like, how is you, how are you so energetic and happy and running around? And it's like, well, you know, um, I used to microdose mushrooms, and that's how I would zoom around all day and, and get shit done and then be happy about it and a positive attitude and outlook. And um, not to say that I don't have things that uh, still deal with, but when you're in that mindset of natural healing and positivity it all kind of well, merges together it, it, okay look at it like this not to tell you what for uh just saying if you have emotional currency this is the point in the conversation and i bring this out psilocybin converts into a uh, serotonin melatonin dopamine which is your emotional drugs so let's look at it like a bank account. You have a bank account and everybody is overdrawn. But when you feed your body the 5-HTP2A protein, then your bank account gets filled up with serotonin, melatonin, dopamine on demand. So now you're emotionally stable to like manage your life and how it comes at you. Well, you can sleep so, better. You can get an appetite and eat properly. And 
take a shit when you're supposed to, and right, like everything starts to get in, oh, onto a balanced cycle. Right. It's um that you know, it is amazing that, and what's sad is so many people are so afraid to try these things because of the stigma, the reefer madness, if you will. That. Uh, uh, yeah, totally. It, you know, and it, that's why we're doing this is to try to kind of enlighten people to that. Like, it's it's it's, it's not just to like trip out and right phobia. Like, oh, foot fungus. Like, blah 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 fungus. Oh, it's like nasty, rotten. This, that, the other. It's actually the most potent food group. I call it the sacred lost food group we've lost and or maybe not even found in uh, the mass scale this food group is essential to optimal human function functionality right i i feel like we're on path that we'll be eating crickets and fucking worms for protein before we're eating mushrooms for protein, you know, because of the stigma, right? Like people would rather be pushed bugs than mushrooms because I mean, and people eat mushrooms, but in terms of uh, medicine, you know, if you're taking it for medication, then I think it's a long way. Um, I was a vegetarian for nine years and eight years, seven years of that at least. I was my protein source was mushrooms, being that I worked for the Forest Service and that was my job to go and look for mushrooms. So I was just eating mushrooms all the time. Phenomenal, um, protein source you can't beat it. And I mean, with this technological age that we have. Um, I'm really hopeful that, you know, my word of mouth, uh, communication or expressing or, you know, has been, I'm pretty vocal about it. So I would say I'm influential, but, um, being on this podcast is something that's very, powerful to me to share the experiences that I've had with uh, nutritionally, medicinally, spiritually um, having these experiences that that I have to share. So what, what are some of your more profound, like what has, say one experience you could talk about that it, you know, by taking psilocybin or some of these non-psychoactive mushrooms, like how it's changed you and, and put you on this path to where you are now to spread this message with people, giving you more purpose. Well, physically speaking, like not to dope, but I don't look 45 years old. Oh, yeah, I look 10 years younger. I don't know why, but I think it's... I think we've all talked about why, <laughs> you know. So that's just nutritionally. 
spiritually speaking, I will share with you that I am an ambassador for the mushrooms. And I've eaten more mushrooms than anybody I've ever met. That's a pretty bold statement, but I'm still looking to find some company with somebody <laughs> eating as many psychedelic mushrooms as I have. And what I can say that validates my uh, statement that I'm an ambassador for the consciousness, which is coming from the um, nutritionally fed active um, mycological state of mind and that is that um, give me a second I'm at a loss for words, which is rare. Well, I feel like you kind of went towards, um, I mean, you started with learning how mushrooms will take care of the earth and the flora, the fauna, like even keeping big logging companies from destroying the forest because of this little tiny rare mushroom that you were able to find, right? And then through that, they became a medicine, spiritual guide, a teacher, right? I mean, it's, it's something to say, I think, for the past. Like, we always talk about how the mushrooms call to you, almost like all of a sudden, you, you know, you're not around mushrooms, you don't take them. And all of a sudden, it's like right there, it's time to fry um, because I think you're you're going through a lot of stuff that like your brain well, finally realizes. You know. Okay, I apologize, but uh, fry and or detoxify oneself. It's it's a food group. This is what I talked to Rick Doblin about. Was this is a this is a food group? It's not spiritual. It's not mental. It's not a drug. It is actually feeding your body to fuel a system that exists within your body. I mean, you were speaking about cannabis being a, a food group as well. Um, this is so much more. The, the cannabis love, it's, a, it's, it's amazing. It's a whole body like uh, medicine. It's great. But that's more of a medicine. This is a protein. Protein. Like, literally, do you think that a food group. So, do you think it's more about the, about that, which that you just said, or that people are transforming their lives more so with the psychedelic experience that comes with taking these? Is it the fact that they're no, getting this new protein, or it, I'm not, I'm not enthusiastic about saying it's a psychedelic experience. It's more of a, a living experience. You well, are actually have a system. So you have a biological, the biorhythms 
of the electrical brain system. You have a blood circulatory system. This is a serotonin, melatonin, dopamine system. It's a system in your body that when you feed it, starts functioning. This is like, to me, it's so basic. Of, yeah, but uh, how, do you, how do people live their daily lives, go to work, drive, you know, talk to their neighbors, if they're taking this into the food group, you know what I, I mean? Support. I got full custody of my son um, based upon, and the whole system knew that I was eating mushrooms regularly. I was like, I'm not on drugs. I don't need drug this, that, the other, but I'm eating mushrooms. And I'm going to come to, you're talking to me, you're talking to a guy on mushrooms. I'm fed. Oh. I'm and I got full custody. I got this record breaking, this uh, un. I got full custody of my son. Wow. And is that, that's with my microdosing? No. No. I was not microdosing. <laughs> Far from it, huh? Yeah. And I was going to court. I was doing legal, like, interactions with my lawyer. So you feel like you build a tolerance? Judges. It's not a tolerance. That's the thing. It's not a drug. It's not a drug. It's interesting because kind of, the way that it's you're kind of speaking to these things and the way that I've felt. Thank you for tuning into the show. Please share this podcast with anybody that you know that could benefit from this information and join us next week for another exciting episode. If you or someone you know would like to be featured on our show, please reach out. Our contact information can be found in the description. Music for the Psychoactive Entheogens podcast provided by Frozen Turtle. For Ice Cold Beats, check them out on Spotify or YouTube after this episode. You can click on the link found on the Psychoactive website to take you to all of his new music. psychoactive entheogens podcast is for psychedelic education and resources only and never claims to give or offer medical health dietary therapeutic or financial advice we do not advocate advise or recommend the consumption cultivation manufacturing or selling of any illegal drugs regulated under the u.s controlled substance act and always recommend checking with your physician before taking any mind-altering substances